Well, I'm I'm on on the winning side. side. Yes, I'm on on the winning side. side. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Winning Side Podcast with Jeremy Coburnett, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. It is God's desire for His people to experience victory and to live on the winning side each and every day. We are so glad that you have joined us today and pray you will be blessed as you listen to today's edition of The Winning Side with Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. Thank you for joining us today. It is Tuesday, October 5th, and we're happy to have you with us for our Winning Side broadcast. We welcome those of you listening on the radio 95.9 FM. Uh, Those that are on Facebook, we welcome you. Sorry we had a little bit of issues yesterday, but I think we got all that resolved. And now uh, the radio app, uh, the podcast, YouTube, all of those uh, other uh, ways that uh, we broadcast, we're thankful that you've tuned in today. I hope that you're having a good day, and uh, I want to wish a happy birthday to uh, two uh, young men today. Cole Basinger, happy birthday And then a happy birthday also to Chad Langley. I hope you uh, men have a great day. And then let's be in prayer today for our church. Pray for our schools. Pray for our missionaries. I know it's been a couple weeks since our missions revival, but I hope your heart is so burdened for missions and thinking about all these nations of the world that need the gospel. And then uh, let's be in prayer uh, for the nation of Israel. Pray for God's peace and God's protection to be upon them. I want you to hear this song. You know, uh, God uh, always, always uh, can do whatever He wants to do, but usually God doesn't need the majority. God usually uses a minority. Sometimes it just takes one. This song says that God can use just a few, and I hope we will be a part of that few that God would use to make a difference. Uh, You know, it just takes one person. Uh, to tell somebody about Christ. It just took one little boy with a lunch to give it to Jesus, and Jesus blessed it and multiplied it and fed the 5,000. But God can use what you have, and God can use what I have. And so I hope you'll enjoy this song, and after this song, we will be back in Proverbs 21 for our Bible study today. This dying world could use is a willing man of God who dares to go against the grain and work without applause. A man who raised the shield of faith, protecting what is pure, whose love is strong and gentle, a man whose word is sure. God doesn't need an orator who knows just what to say. He doesn't need authorities to reason him away. He doesn't need an army to guarantee a win. He just needs a few good men. Men full of compassion, laugh and love and cry men who'll face eternity and aren't afraid to die men who'll fight for freedom and honor once again he just needs a few good men who calls the 
broken derelict whose life has been renewed. He calls the one who has the strength to stand up for the truth. Enlistment lines are open and he wants you to come in. He just needs a few good men. Men full of compassion laugh and love and cry Men who'll face eternity and aren't afraid to die Men who'll fight for freedom and honor once again He just needs a few good men Men full of compassion who laugh and love and cry Men who'll face eternity and aren't afraid to die. Men who'll fight for freedom and honor once again. He just needs a few good men. Men full of compassion who laugh and love and cry. Men who'll face eternity and aren't afraid to die. Men who'll fight for freedom and honor once again. He just needs a few good men. He just needs a few good men. He just needs a few. Yesterday, we saw in Proverbs 21, we saw verse number one. I love this verse. I hope it encouraged you, especially as you think about the condition of our nation and maybe some of our rulers that, by the way, we've got some people uh, in government who are good people. We've got some people that are trying to do what is right and trying to uh, do what is pleasing God. And then we've got some in our, our government that they, I'm telling you, it, it, I wouldn't doubt it one bit if they are doing everything they can to try to fight against God and trying to fight against the Word of God. And so we need to pray. We need to pray for those folks, but be reminded and be encouraged that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Uh, God's in control. God can take care of it. Don't, don't stress it. Don't worry about it. Just pray about it and do what you can to do what's right, but let God take care of those things that are outside of our control. And we looked at verse number one, the power of the king. It's in the hand of the Lord. The power of the king is only there because God has given him that power. And then today I want you to look at verse number five, and then we'll look at verse 25 and 26. But it says in Proverbs 21, verse five, the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. Look at verse number 25. It says, the desire... The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. He coveteth greedily all the day long, but the righteous giveth and spareth not. Those are some interesting verses. Let's talk about the words plenty or provision. We see both of those uh, words and those ideas in these verses, but it says the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness. The word diligent, it means to be industrious, not idle, not negligent, uh, to be in constant 
effort or exertion to accomplish what is undertaken. Uh, we, we see a lot in the book of Proverbs, the idea of work and, and labor and, uh, and toil and, and effort. And I want to remind you uh, today that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. We know that. But I also want to remind you that, that God is the one who does the work. We, we, we don't just try harder to get more done spiritually. I understand that. But I also want to remind us that there are no shortcuts to success. Sometimes in the Christian life, we try to cut corners. Can I tell you, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work when you, you skip your Bible reading and you skip your prayer time and you skip your walk with God and then you still expect that God's going to bless you or God's going to use you. I've got news for you. There are no shortcuts. Uh, we must be diligent. We must be consistent. We must be faithful and dedicated and committed to God. So many successful business people and successful athletes, it's interesting when you read about them or you study them, you know what made them so successful? It wasn't their talent. It wasn't just their natural ability, but it was the fact that they put in more hours and they worked so much harder and they worked so much smarter than those around them. That's what allowed them to be successful. I don't know if you follow football or not, but uh, I like, I enjoy watching some football and uh, try to maybe catch a little bit here and there. And I like reading some of the reports and some of the, uh, the, the commentators, what they have to say about a particular coach or a particular player. But they'll often talk about the, the quarterbacks that we see uh, or the coaches that have a, a, a great winning percentage. And you know what they'll say about those people? They are, they are geniuses, but it's because they have studied the game. They, they spend hours on film. They analyze. They, they're always looking for ways that they can improve. They're always looking for ways that they can do better. And can I tell you, in the Christian life, we ought to always be trying to be closer to God, uh, we ought to be always working to learn the Bible better, to study the Bible, to memorize the Bible. Uh, we ought to be seeing how much of the Bible we can get, how much church we can get, not how little we can get. Uh, you're not going to be a victorious Christian if you're cutting corners. I will promise you that. It doesn't work that way. Uh, one person said this. Uh, this was in a, a book on business, but he said, I found this, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And of course, that's, that's humorous because the fact that you work harder, it means you're not lucky. But sometimes we like to say, oh, well, so-and-so, everything just goes well for them. Well, maybe because they're working hard and because they're diligent and because they're committed. I want to share a few thoughts with you today. And of course, the book of Proverbs is full of, uh, of, of analogies of the rich and the poor and all that. And by the way, we don't have a, a greater respect for somebody because they're rich and somebody that's poor, we look down on somebody like that. Uh, I, I make a practice here at our church that I never look to see how much money a person gives. As a matter of fact, I'll take it a step further. I don't even know who gives and who doesn't. And you say, well, certainly everybody that goes to church gives. Oh, I, I doubt that. You say, why do you doubt that? Because I believe if every person in the church would just tithe, I believe our numbers would be through the roof with giving. But I believe there are some Christians that don't even tithe. I, I believe that. I don't know that for a fact, uh, but I believe that with all my heart. And I'll tell you this, you're not going to experience God's blessing until you are obedient to giving God the tithe, that which belongs to Him. 
But there was a, a study that was done, and this was not a, a, a church, this was not a pastor, this was from a, a secular perspective. But a person spent five years interviewing 350 different people from all walks of life, and here's what this study found, that in every case, the rich person, as opposed to somebody who was poor, by the way, I understand for some people, uh, you look back in the days of the Great Depression and everybody was poor. Nobody had anything. But you know, we live in the United States of America where if you want a job and you're willing to work, you can get a job. And if you're willing to use your money wisely and if you're willing to uh, have a budget and if you're willing to control your spending and if you're willing to save and do what is necessary, uh, you can have what you need to survive. I'm not saying you're going to be a millionaire. I'm not saying you're going to have uh, be driving around a Rolls Royce or a Cadillac or anything like that. I'm just saying this, that if you will do some things right with your money, I think you can do well. But this study was done, 350 people over a five-year period of time, and they made some comparisons between the rich and the poor. They said this, they said, the rich, you could always find out from a rich person that that person had a purpose. They had a goal. There was something that was driving them. However, on the other side of the spectrum, those who did not have much, those who were considered poor, there was many times there was a lack of purpose. There was a lack of motivation. There was a lack of goals and a lack of, uh, of desire. And can I tell you, may God help us to have a purpose. And the whole point of this is not so that we can be rich, but the point of this is so that we can please God and serve God and, and have so that we can give to the work of God. The rich, they said, they found that the rich were willing to be patient. If they could not afford something, they would wait until they could afford it. However, the poor would live beyond their means. You know how many people have gotten into problems? It's because of credit cards. It's because of debt. It's because you see something and say, I've got to have that right now. I look at my parents as an example of this, but you know what my parents used to do? Uh, they used to find something or see something that they wanted or they needed, and they would save, and they would pray about it. And they would wait until they had enough money to purchase that. You know what people do now? We, we, don't even, we don't even go to the store. We just buy it online. We just swipe the card. We just enter the card and we get ourselves in trouble. Uh, a rich person that they interviewed, and they found out that the rich were willing to save, whereas the poor were not saving and they were not uh, uh, laying up in store. The rich, they said, they were almost always optimistic. They were almost always enthusiastic, whereas the poor... Was, was always pessimistic. There was always negative. Uh, the rich would work with others. Somebody who was wealthy or somebody who was successful in the business world, they would work with others. But someone who was poor or someone who uh, uh, was not uh, successful in the business world, they had no control over their emotions. They had an opinion about everything. They had an opinion about everybody. They had an opinion about everyone. In uh, uh, every situation, blamed others, whereas the rich did not. The rich had a, an, a, uh, an attitude of giving first, whereas the poor had an attitude of me first. The rich would finish, but the poor, it seems like they would never finish what they started. The rich, almost always in every case, they could overcome fear and they would not make excuses and uh, they wouldn't talk about people, but so many times the people that were not successful, they were very quick to gossip and very quick to criticize everybody else. 
The rich, when interviewed, they found that they tried to do everything they could to encourage others. Uh, whereas on the other side of the spectrum, those who were not successful, they would not encourage, but they would complain. They would discourage. Can I tell you, I know these. this is a secular uh, study that was done, but the book of Proverbs talks a lot about the rich and the poor. But the book of Proverbs also ta- talks a lot about working hard and talks about laziness. The book of Proverbs talks about guarding your spirit and, and not having uh, criticism and not having complaining and not having murmuring. And may God help us in our lives uh, to be successful. Again, I'm not talking about just money. I'm not talking about having a big bank account. But I'm talking about being successful in the eyes of God. And if we're going to be successful in the eyes of God, I believe we're going to have to work at it. I believe we're going to have to be committed to doing what God says, not shortcuts, not trying to cut corners, but just be diligent. The thoughts of the diligent, the Bible says, tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty, only to want or only to lack. I hope you have a great day. I hope you'll take these truths. And maybe God spoke to you today about your finances. Maybe God spoke to you about your your attitude. Maybe God spoke to you about some other area. But I hope that uh, we'll take these truths from the book of Proverbs. I hope we'll apply them to our lives every day. God bless you. Hope you have a great day. Thank you for tuning in today. On the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Thank you for joining us today on the Winning Side podcast with Jeremy Coburnett pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. If today's episode encouraged you in your Christian life, would you consider sharing this daily podcast with a friend, a neighbor, maybe a family member, or a co-worker? We are grateful for your help in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. If we can ever be a help to you in any way, please let us know by calling or texting us at 252-308-4600. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to having you join us again next time on The Winning Side Podcast with Jeremy Coburnett.